this week, I walked into my neighbor's kitchen and found her with my remote locked in the cupboard. She was making a show her her favorite scary stories or else she was going to bake it. That's right. We watched the Tales from the Dark Side, the movie here. Um, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie is focuses on four stories, the wraparound, which actually is a story, uh, Lot 249, Cat from Hell, and Lover's Vow. In each of these stories in the wraparound, um, our head Hansel and Gretel witch has kidnapped the little brother of Whoa, and uh, sorry, that's a Blossom reference for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> uh, Matthew Lawrence, and he has to read her stories to keep her from cooking him and feeding him to all of her witch friends. Um, I'm not going to go into the stories. We'll just jump in with Brian and Arthur, and I am Zach. Gentlemen, how does this movie stack up to Tales from the Dark Side, the TV series? I've never know. seen the series. Yeah, yeah I don't either. know if I've watched the series. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, then that answers that. Uh, so, so far, it, it's way better. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best Tales from the Dark Side material we've seen. I'm glad we all did our research coming into this. <laughs> hey, for this first question, y'all going to look dumb. You cool? Cool. <laughs> I didn't think anybody, any of us had seen it, because I believe it was from like the early to mid-80s. I just got to say that that witch had a heart of glass. <laughs> Why would you say that, Brian? Because it's Blondie. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, 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 good uh, point out there. Yeah. Lots of, what was this made? 90? 91? Yeah. yeah. Well, it was one released in 90. The, uh, I got to say, I don't know how I went so long not seeing something with young Steve Buscemi and Christian Slater chewing up a couple scenes. I mean, as young as Steve Buscemi can look. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, so, Mr. Yeah. Buscemi, should you ever hear this? I think you're great. I, no? I think he so, knows where his bread is buttered. Yeah, like, so, yeah, like, Lot 249. Uh, we'll jump into that one first. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I hadn't seen it for a long time. There's not much real scary to this movie at all. There's just some kind of some creepy moments in all three of the the stories that, you know, young Matthew Lawrence is telling. Uh, but I, I think this is a good one to start it off with. And you get your uh, probably biggest star in the movie at the time and Christian Slater coming right up. Um, yeah. And I did not realize this one until I watched it. I, I didn't realize that it was I forgot that it was Steve Buscemi and I forgot that Julianne Moore was in this movie. <laughs> well, the thing, the problem with it is I never caught it. Usually by the beginning, I'd always be flipping through channels and I'd catch the second and the third story. Yeah. And I, the name of the first story, I, I believe these might be movie versions of just episodes that they've had. Well, I'm almost certain. Cause so the, on that the, one, the they story credited... of lot 209 <laughs> Sounds familiar. What? They credit it to Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> Lot 249. So. 249, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so was it a Sherlock story? Was it something else that he did? Was uh, it... it was a short story, which is all it says. <laughs> I'm looking up the actual thing. Um, so. A gothic horror short written by mm-hmm. Arthur Conan Doyle. So they may have done a TV one of it's, it but it's, it sounds familiar it had been around for a minute 
Maybe it's a different thing. There's like a yeah. crate under some stairs in a different like TV show, horror TV show or something like that. It just reminded well, me of that. I would imagine it would have been public domain, so somebody else might have used it too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. In 1990, I don't think it would have been public domain yet. Uh, stories from like the 1800s. 1892. Uh, well, yeah, so you're right. It would have been public domain. <laughs> or yeah. right there on the verge. Uh, at that point, we should have been in like the 75-year thing. I don't know. I would assume it was. Great talk. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I liked it. I like 249 a lot. Um, like, if you give me Christian Slater chewing up scenes in general... I'm having a good time, but yep. like him maniacally piecing apart a zombie or a zombie, a mummy. while you know, Steve is semi has to watch in terror. That's, that's fun to me. Like that's right in my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, uh, Steve Buscemi did sick his, uh, mummy on two of the worst people <laughs> that you'd ever not want to meet. We don't need to defend any of it. It's just, I'm just saying no, like, no, that's, no. that's my kind of scenes. Like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, Julianne Moore's character is, oh, she's trash. And then the boyfriend and Christian Slater's best friend is trash. And so I was pretty, pretty satisfied with both of them getting killed. It's trash all around. Trash, trash, trash. That's right. Describe how they're trash. Okay. So at the beginning of the story, um, we have Christian Slater and... His buddy Lee are discussing how they took advantage of a situation, or how Lee and Julianne Moore's character, who is, uh, what's her name, Susan, took advantage and cheated Steve Buscemi's character Bellingham out of a uh, fellowship over in Europe to, you know, where he would have got grant money to study and things of that nature for Lee. And Lee did not write any of his own papers. Um, Julianne Moore's character, Susan, wrote all of Lee, did all of his homework just set everything up because Lee was a rich kid. And so Steve Buscemi, who has to work his way through college, which they point out, but I also want to, I also wonder where did he get the money to buy a mummy? <laughs> if he's a poor kid working through college, maybe, but so, maybe lot 249 wasn't <laughs> scanned. They just had it as like one of those, like purchase stuff out of a storage container. Yeah. And he knew like what was in there. Like... Yeah. And so, uh, but they cheat <laughs> him out of any kind of possible future uh, doing what he, worked hard and dreamed to do she sets him up um she steals a totem from the museum that susan and bellingham work at and uh tells them that he stole it and so he gets under investigation they don't find it and but he's basically disqualified from the fellowship because he's not being able to interview or anything else because he has a question against his character and then she later on plants it in his apartment to get him thrown out of school so yeah she is trash and lee i don't know He's just lazy and arrogant and rich, so that's that's my definition of why they are garbage. Thank you. I just figured we'd let the people who haven't seen it before know where you were coming from. Yeah, they are not good people. And then I also question how good of a person Christian Slater really is. <laughs> I mean, you know, they present him as he's somewhat of a good guy in this, but his best friends of jackass who cheats and 
just gets everything pretty much handed to him. And his girl, his girlfriend, Christian Slater's sister, sets out to ruin the life of a man because he is not rich. Well, I don't know if that was her reasoning. Oh, he will always be a let's, loser. Let's try, okay, it. folks, let's try to for, forgive Zach's bias against just being rich. No, it's it's not. Well, you that said that was just one of the rich. reasons the guy was trash. It well, was that, one of the adjectives you it, added. It's because he is spoiled. <laughs> I am sorry. He is spoiled and entitled and doesn't believe he should have to work for anything, that everything should be handed to him. Is that better? Rotten to the core. Yeah. He's got and then he, then, he gets his, <laughs> then he gets his brains pulled out from a hanger through the nose. But yeah. No, I just, the, they're really just generally not good people. And no, it was no, no, very no. nice to see them get their comeuppance. All around. Yeah. And the, <laughs> but I also like how Christopher Slater does figure it out. He's like, I'm not going to call the cops because honestly, who the hell is going to believe that a 2000 year old mummy or three, th- whatever is up killing people. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, I think we saw on Monster Squad, people do take, uh, at the military level, <clears throat> reports of mummies pretty seriously. <laughs> That's right. They show up quick. They show they up, show there up are in, monsters. <laughs> they show up in less than a day. <laughs> it's not their first rodeo. Mummy came into my closet. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah, so like, how do we discuss... Uh, anthology ones like this, just kind of focus on the well, short. I mean, it's kind of we're we're. I mean, <clears throat> we have little choice but to bounce around between the stories. You know, yeah, yeah. we pretty much covered story number one. Story Folks, number it's, one is awesome. Is a, is a it's about uh, a academically academically successful guy. He gets a mummy, and he has the means to use the mummy to take care of his foes. He does so. One of his friends, who is the brother of the lady, gets involved, and you know they, they have a slight altercation, and they they strike a deal, which ends up not working out for uh, Christian Slater's character. But you know, yeah, that's about it. I like the looks like the same director and cinematographer throughout, so they decide to kind of work with the different styles. I do, I like the way the different stories stand out and how it was done. Um, Looks like cinematographer definitely kept in some of this, doing some Tales from the Crypt episodes later on, or, you know, doing some of the original Tales from the Dark Side series, doing some of the Creep Show series now. So, um, I like, I, I don't know, I just felt like they were all unique enough that I would have uh, believed if it would have been three different crews, kind of like, uh, What's the the New Year's Eve in the place with the bellhop? The uh, was four, it just rooms. four rooms, yeah. If you would have told me it was kind of like that situation where different directors and stuff were working on it, I would have not questioned it. But yeah, man, like I, I obviously two forty nine. I would say it's worth the watch just for the Slater Buscemi action, like just the fun little pairing there. Yeah, want to talk about. Numero Duso. Yeah, the cat. Cat from hell. Cat from hell. The 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 spirit vengeance cat. Yeah. yeah. Ghost did you see, cat writer. Did you see who was credited for Cat from Hell <clears throat> as far as the writers? 
Uh, I oh Stephen King. Or, and. Yeah. Uh no. Uh, the phone. <laughs> now it's Stephen King, and I believe it's George oh, Romero. Romero. Well, it says George Romero did the screenplay from the short story from Stephen King. Yeah, but still awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I did. <laughs> Some horror <laughs> legends. <laughs> I asked if you saw who was credited, okay? I didn't ask if you saw who wrote what. <laughs> but I, I think it's awesome. Uh, one of the things I really like about the Cat from Hell is I love how that shot as well. How it, uh, you know, before uh, we had the Sin City movie, we had uh, this movie with a little bit of color and a lot of grayscale. You know what it reminds me of? Any, any, anything? Did it resonate with you from something else you'd seen? Anybody? 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 Yeah. Uh, for me, there was uh, I kind of whenever we did from the cat's perspective, I was kind of thinking of like Evil Dead stuff, you know, almost with the whole that <laughs> iconic point of view of whatever spirit thing. But yeah. I kind of thought of cat's eye a little bit. <sighs> I was I saw I wasn't focused on that cat side, but like the the regular shots it reminded me of Hell and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, even with the old man and stuff, at the end, ah, you know, or I guess it was what grandma and that, but like just the way the old man was, the like overly blue, like it just really, that's how I, I remember the Bill and Ted hell uh, quite a bit. So it felt like it was in, they were already at a bit of a purgatory in that one. Well, Arthur, you, you, can you see why I uh, remember this one in the, in the, in the three parts? Mm-hmm. Like with, the gruesomeness at the end of the story. Oh, yes. It was just like, man. My word. Uh, okay, so uh, on this one, like the 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 tales of like the cat like slowly killing his family and the attempts on it. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like for some reason, when I had this one on, my cat was up against my leg, just kind of not leaving too much. Like. <laughs> something was in the air i don't know what this segment's about but yeah it was lost on me beforehand because you know i saw this when i was younger i didn't really care much about plot and when you're actually paying attention you know why everything's going on okay folks in this story what we got are three old people who are well off and this cat comes by and there's the two two old ladies and the old man I forget their proper relations. It's probably like a wife and a sister. And uh, the one of them is the sister, and the other one is the sister's only friend. Oh, okay. Well, only friends. Anyway, uh, the cat. <laughs> I would not subscribe to that. <laughs> anyway, the cat kills the two ladies in in uh, one one by stairfall and one by stealing the breath while while she slept. And the old man's like, I'm next. And he hires a killer, tells the killer, you know, you got to kill this cat because it's, it's, it's the evil cat. And uh, you eventually find out there's actually a purpose to the cat's visit. And it's hypothesized that the cat is indeed a uh, spirit of cats. And it's there to exact revenge on the old man because the the reason they're so rich is they developed like a poison or whatever specifically meant to kill stray cats or something. No. And, Why they're rich is they developed a drug to help people whose mind was uh, slipping uh-huh. and had bad heart problems 
and they tested it on 5,000 cats. Oh, that's and right. They died. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I was barely paying attention, even on this one. It's like, yeah, because it was. Well, it's a good thing but, we're having a conversation about it. Yeah, well, yeah. I was just, all I know is they killed cats one way or another, and this cat yeah. came back to do some wreckage, and it did some wreckage on the hired hitman. <laughs> <laughs> Big guy. Yes. I'd forgotten a lot of the stuff. All I remembered was at the end when it pretty much killed him, but yeah, I forgot about all the other stuff. So where where this would have been great is the hitman when he rolled up, if they had to use the same cab that they used in Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> he gets out of the back seat. That'd have been awesome. So the I hitman had whistles. Is, yeah. The hitman is the guy he is the played by the guy who played the cabbie in Scrooge. So good stuff. And then I like the sister. I think it is. Cause she later on went to have a, a son named Ray Finkel and you know, he couldn't kick with the laces in. Well, she used to be a librarian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just going a different direction. Laces out. <laughs> what a sportsman, huh? <laughs> And then I like the butler too. The butler from that scene was, uh, it's, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's in Breaking Bad. He's the uncle in the wheelchair. Yeah. With the bell. Bing, bing. Mark yeah. Magolis. Yes. His, uh, great stuff. Got his IMDb pulled up earlier because I was looking. I was like, I know that face. <laughs> so, yeah, this is. Margolis. Yeah, I felt I mean, bad the... for the hitman. The oh yeah i mean cat, but, cat attacks woo. the uh, crotch i i felt I like bad the, for the cat <laughs> that had to come out like wet from out of a stump <laughs> body like oh yeah i like the uh, part that every time something the cat does damage to the hitman and like tears his clothes in the very next scene the it's like he brought a whole bunch of suits with him and went and changed into a new one <laughs> I really like the the you know consistency, <laughs> <laughs> but I also enjoyed Brian when you talked about the cat stealing the breath of the friend. That that was the most aggressive breath steal in the world. <laughs> she latched all four yeah. uh, sets of claws around this woman's face. <laughs> Cats, man, we'll do it. So, yeah, and that's before it took the uh, the dive into the hitman's uh, yeah. mouth. <laughs> and yeah, it's and a I nice, also like the slow, gruesome scene, folks. Yeah, and I also cat crawling into a person and choking them to death, and then mm-hmm. you know he probably smelled. He, he probably you know he, he you know the cat probably thought, and I you know I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Hey, but um, ba-dum, 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 yeah. ba-dum. he came back yeah. out too. I also like the old man telling uh, the hitman everything you could want is in this house, booze or food, and he's just got cheap booze and no food. <laughs> <laughs> that's everything you could want. Yeah, well, that's because his uh, his uh, house guy died. Yippee. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. And then the cat does, in, at the end, enact his full revenge. Yep. And takes out Drogon, or whatever his name is. The barbarian. Yeah, Drogon. <laughs> so, and then we exit the cat from hell and enter into, what's the last one? Lover's Vow. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And Lover's Vow is the story of uh, 
Preston, played by James Ramar. And he is a struggling artist who, one night leaving a bee at the bar after being super drunk, gets to witness the bartender get killed by a demon and makes a promise to never reveal what he saw. Quickly later meets a woman, uh, what was her name, Coraline? Oh, Corolla, never mind, Corolla. <laughs> and uh, they fall in love, and eventually he tells Corolla what he saw, and she turns out to be the demon. Or, Brian, what was she in the end? She's a gargoyle. Uh, the gargoyle. I'm, I'm I'm assuming she's not a demon, but a gargoyle. I know the distinction yeah. might be lost on a lot of people, but it's just a gargoyle. Um, yeah, but the, you know, when I first you first see it, you don't really realize that she's the gargoyle till the very end. Yeah. When she goes up with her her chitlins. It's yeah. the assumption I make with most women I meet. So just in case they she's, turn out to be the gargoyle, I'm like, all right, I got it. She she's a succubus. All she wanted was that damn three fifty. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's so very upset that he broke his yeah, promise. I assume the gargoyle, whenever she uh, decided what her name was, as she was just walking down, like coming back to him, and then saw a Toyota. Yeah. And she's like, "That's wow. my name." Yeah, cool. that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> That's good enough. <clears throat> the Transformers like any transform- can do it. Why can't I? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! Oh, wow! <laughs> oh man! So I I like to pretend that this uh, character that James Ramar Preston gotta be quick Preston I like to pretend it's the same guy from the Warriors. Why? (laughs) When he approaches the woman, (laughs) or when she comes up and he grabs her and throws her in the corner, it's like, ah, he didn't learn his lesson from the seventies, right? He's going to jail, (laughs) (laughs) being overly aggressive. That, that no reason, Brian. Just a little. Oh, man. He had a rough night. He did have a rough night. It's like this gargoyle thing. It killed somebody and told me if uh, I promised not to tell, it wouldn't kill me. <laughs> and not only that, it brought him so much success. Sure, it's happened before, but yeah. <laughs> Well, folks, we just lost Zach. Uh, he uh, he dropped uh, something, <laughs> and then we lost him. Oh, here he oh, is. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Was that the controller? Yeah, it fell off. <laughs> yeah, and you caught it, and you hit a button, and then poof. I caught it, hit the B button. That was right. it. Small technical difficulty, and it's over now. Yep, yep. Anyway, yeah. Ar- Arthur... What did you think as this being your first time to watch this movie? Uh, you know, uh, sometimes it's hard. Okay. Segment wise, all pretty entertaining. I think they were stacked. I I might've reshuffled the, the order. Mm-hmm. Um, since I didn't really connect too much on the gargoyle one, like I wouldn't, have, wouldn't mind it had gone first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I could have taken the cat in the middle and the 249 at the end um, if I was arranging them. You put it that way because your most uh, your most famous person in this movie was in 249, so you should probably end it with them instead of <laughs> yeah, with like, them. Yeah, so it kind of feels like you're sloping down a little. 
Well, see, to me, it feels like they pro- this movie was programmed for like an 11 o'clock viewing on a Saturday where you put your big thing up front and then you just, yeah, you can go to sleep now. Well, yeah, and there's there's partly there's story reasons that the orders are what they are. Yeah. Because the witch lady keeps on insisting, I like the love stories. And they finally, he's like, oh, I got a love story for you. And that's the last one he tells. Mm-hmm. From the book. Before he, uh, he, you know, Hansel's and Gretel's her ass and throws her into the, to the oven. Yeah, I, at, at three fifty. <laughs> I think but, that's uh, actually it, the temperature she's cooking them at. It was solid. Like somebody, uh, I haven't seen the other like creep show movies. They were talking about how this is kind of like the unofficial third creep show. The way everybody who works on it thinks about it. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Because it kind of spawned out of that lineage. Um, so I probably need to see some of those too. Yeah, uh, anthology movies are kind of what they are. It's it's hard to really loop in unless they just have something. I think bonding the three a little more. Like you could just be like, all right, I watched three episodes of Tales from the Dark Side today. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty like, much exactly. It felt like that. You know, it was. Yeah. But it was pretty much it was fun. Movie. It was fun. I I'm not mad we picked it. Um, the thing I like about anthology movies the most is if you have something to do and you can just break it up like you're watching a TV show, exactly like you said. You can pause did, it after uh, the first one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go back and watch 249 a second time. So I completely, whenever I remembered this movie, I forgot that that was Steve Buscemi. And for some reason, I was thinking it was uh, Spader. <laughs> and then I watched it, I was like, oh! I'll tell you what happened to me. Not close. The moment I started watching, the whole thing flashed back to me. Because, like, what are we looking at? I was like, oh, yeah, this is the lady, and she's got the kid locked up. It all just flooded right back. Because mm-hmm. I only remembered a few things from it. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's all sure. coming back to you now. Yeah, so this, like I said, this is the first movie I ever, horror movie I ever remember talking to Brian about. And I think we might have been in 90, so we are like, first grade maybe second grade but i believe it's first grade we're in the cafeteria at bircham elementary in weatherford yeah so i was i was like six yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah. it was about a couple it days what it is ago old <laughs> so. uh, <clears throat> not too much to call out on this i think we got some other side discussion stuff anything else to point out from here no i mean the effects were good physical effects yeah the like i said the cat thing the mummy chopping up the gargoyle yeah it's it is a great physical effects piece yeah Uh, that's nothing else it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen from that era if you're a fan of those kind of things it's also mm-hmm. educational if you intend to cook a child sure we get the math on exactly when he needs to get into the oven and you how know, based how, on his weight and whatnot how That's long like his movies a, with practical how long he's got to bleed out <laughs> before you can put him in yeah it's good stuff it's the little things i'm sure it would have looked like a fine meal 
Here's a fine meal after so, all. So, Brian, I don't know if you have one for this, but do you have a sweet treat for this movie? I'm going to say that this is one of those things, this kind of movie is real difficult to do a sweet treat for because it is just an anthology. It's just a bunch of stories. Yeah, pretty self-contained. So the answer is no. Um, I just kind of watched it and enjoyed based solely on that. I mean, there were some things that popped in my head, but they weren't sweet treats. They were just like the nature of the battle between good and evil. But that was something completely different, and it had nothing to do with what was going on in the film. Yeah. And that mostly spawned from the child and the the lady who intended to cook him. I I was worried Brian might have found out the actual math on the cooking, like, well, technically. Yeah, that's just one more thing I need to add to my search list for our <laughs> podcast is how to cook a child. <laughs> I want to see you put that into your IMDb or into your, your Google search and uh, mm-hmm. see how fast it takes the cops to come get you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, after trying to figure out what the effects on the lawn would be from <laughs> cremated human remains, you know. Rinkity rink rank? Rankity rank? Yeah. Okay, let me uh, do what I should have done before we started and open the spreadsheet. Yeah. Lost remote podcast. What are we? What are we behind on as far as releasing? Just one movie, right? <laughs> Phantom Empire no. episode. We are not. We what? the last one uploaded is. Uh, I did stay alive. Uh, did you recently? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fa- yeah, he did stay alive uh, okay. last week. Okay, so we're just one behind. Perfect. Good. Professional. So, hey, now everybody knows how many we have. <laughs> but don't worry, when you hear this, <laughs> the Phantom Empire episode will be out there. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it should be. If they don't know things, this just proceeds in normal yeah. time. <laughs> Our greatest episode. <laughs> Phantom Empire? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What happened in this movie? I don't know. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Mission accomplished on my part. I was like, I need a, a shitty blind pick. <laughs> all right. Lost of podcast. We rank all the movies we've seen against each other. And season two, we have a hodgepodge of season one movies and our season two movies. Zach, your top three are currently Ghostbusters, Lost Boys, Gremlins, and your bottom three... Our three ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Scary Movie, and Phantom Empire. Where about to we head? Start with the middle going down. The middle! We'll call the middle... Adam's Family Values, Evil Dead, Frankenhooker, Poltergeist 2, Beast, Scissorhands, Pumpkinhead, People Under the Stairs, a crawling eye, remote control, stay alive. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna put this right under the crawling eye and above remote control. Right. Oh. I mean, it's it's just something I've seen, and uh, you know, have a little memory of talking with Brian. But it, it's something I can break up and not really worry about watching the whole thing. And so I kind yeah. of enjoy that. Yeah, that's, it helps. That's... It helps if you're not engaged in one of the segments. You can step away or whatever. Yep. I get you. I got you. 
Uh, <laughs> and I had a typo in the stay alive. It's like, stay live! Stay live! Stay alive! Stay alive! Brian, your yeah. top three movies are Ghostbusters, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Batman Returns, your bottom three, The Phantom Empire, Scary Movie, and Sundown, The Vampire and Retreat. Let's work our way up from The Phantom Empire and see where we go. We can do that. How about Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain, Terror Train, Basket Case 2, X-Ray, Stay Alive, The Crawling Eye, The People Under the Stairs, Evil Dead. I'll, I'll put this right above People Under the Stairs. Okay. Oh, moving, crawling eye down one spot. No. From the dark side. It has finally been upended as our like line of demarcation between certain things. <laughs> There's been consensus several times. I'm like, oh, okay, just below that. Yeah, it's been it's been like the standard. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, it's either this or this. All right, my top three, Ghostbusters, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, bottom three, Scary Movie, Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, and The Phantom Empire. Um, might have to revisit those someday. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Why? Uh, <laughs> the battle of which beheading is the best. All right. Uh, kind of bottom third here. I've got X-Ray, Feast, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, People Under the Stairs. He likes Three Ninjas more than this movie. I... I know he does. Two. <laughs> oh my god. I knew it. But it's weird, because also... Like... He, he... It yeah. sounds like a dilemma. You've got a dilemma you're looking at right now. I, I think it's right between three ninjas and people under the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe three ninjas is above this. <laughs> uh, you're just going to uh, deal with it. I mean, it's Arthur's just... love with little kid fighting. <laughs> uh, All right, I mean, Arthur. Like... New ranking. Yeah, we'll rank uh, the Batman. <laughs> we could. Yeah, we had our we disappointments. That... You had your disappointment, but I haven't. I haven't gotten to see it in a real theater yet. Um, oh, oh yeah. did y'all see it in the drive-thru? We went to the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not recommended. I you... knew. I, I the only reason I agreed to drive in for that movie was because I knew I wasn't really particularly interested in seeing it, and I about I saw about a third of the movie. <laughs> Just too dark for the driving. Oh yeah, too dark. We had <laughs> oh, we had shit. several uh, difficulties. Um, it made it for a more entertaining evening. <laughs> we yeah, you know, like it's like when you have like those family trips or stuff like that, where it's like a bunch of bad stuff happen, and it's the one that stands out more <laughs> than like a good trip or something. Or like I had a, yeah. had a European trip where like two of the days where we stayed with somebody who we thought was fun and wound up just being a total douche. It's like, that's the part of the trip we talk about most and like reflect fondly on. Uh, yeah. So like I brought like, I power, I, I plugged in this, I, I bought a speaker like two years ago. And I was like, all right, I'll be able to play Bluetooth tunes outside. And I made sure to have AM FM. 
because I wanted it for the drive-in because I'd been once before like that previous like a month or two and like didn't like having my car stereo on the whole time. So I'm like, all right, this will be perfect. Well, this is the first time using it there. And I charged it like four or five hours before leaving the house. We turn it on there and it's on the like the last quarter. It's what it's showing. And I'm like, this is a three hour movie. <laughs> yeah, I asked him, I was like, what's the total battery time? He said 10 hours. It's like, oh, we might make it. <laughs> <laughs> and like then like so we're like waiting until close to the movie finally we power it on and it's one of those you know like a short wave fm that they put out yeah and it's staticky and it's like oh man and like brian puts a hand on it and it clears up so like <laughs> during the movie we had to like keep shifts of putting holding a hand on the speaker to keep it going uh, and every now and then, like Brian would talk with his hands or like go for his food or something, and be like, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and some of the scenes were just like black, just all black, because it's already yeah. Like we won't go to plot points, but it's already it's a, a very hot topic you, you Batman imagine. movie, to my opinion. Like very dark, you know. Like... There, for instance, Zach, my what the one scene that stuck out to me. <laughs> Uh, was uh, there's a scene where he's fighting a bunch of guys with machine guns in like a hallway, I'm guessing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, re the reason it stuck out to me is the only thing I can see, which was kind of immersive if you think about it, was the machine gun fire. Yeah. That's it. I can't see any fighting. I can't see any bodies. All I see is the flare from the muzzles. That's it. But you think, oh, that seems like a nice artistic choice, but we know for sure that is not what was going on because it was so dark, <laughs> the, the movie, uh, you could tell that there were lights off in the distance because we, you know, we're in a city, right? And they were backlighting a tree that wasn't even on the lot. And you could see the shadow of the tree on the screen. And I was nice. I occasionally would just stare at it during the movie, especially during There's, scenes I couldn't see what was going on. I, I had fun with the weather, um, you know, like it was until it got a little chilly, like it was got nice to chilly, be outside. Yeah. Like it was like that first like, all right, we're kind of in spring here. Yeah, um, it, was, it was OK. It was the open of the season. Uh, yeah, it, it was fun, but it just like. Yeah, it's before second winter hits Oklahoma. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, it wasn't um, a prime experience. Like, I do want to try to get over... Like, it looks like I'm not going to get over to Quail in time for the Dolby Cinema version, unless I go during the uh, day tomorrow. Just, I could already tell I'm not terribly interested in watching it again. It wasn't... You know, my, my lack of interest in the first place, and then I was just like, you know, Arthur agrees with me. The, the Riddler stuff was just... Nah. Yeah, like, and we won't go too much into plot point here, but like, it just, it, I do think some of the recency bias was on display from people's takes on it, but you know, uh -huh. it's, it's one of the best things about Batman is there's literally a version for everyone, right? <laughs> like, you've got the, uh, what was the, the three seasons of the cartoon that had uh, Diedrich Bader as the voice or, 
you know, you got your 66, you got your Keaton, you got your Dark Knight, you got this one. Like, there's whatever style is for you, you've got a Batman. So yeah. it's just this one, some cool Gotham stuff. Like, there's stuff. I just want to give it one more fair shake. But like, I just when <laughs> I hear people talk about this one going, this is like one of the best Batman movies ever because it's you can you know it's Batman doing his detective work. I was like, this stuff was like the riddles were shallow as hell and like dumb you know what i did do after thumb this, drive i wanted to shoot myself in the head <laughs> you know what i did after yeah see it zach I, I won't explain thumb drive to you i will see it in approximately three to six months good for you it'll show up on hbo before that <laughs> oh yeah i could you're right i only have to wait 45 days really rats i think so i think it's 45 days before nice. they can stream but well Hot diggity. Yeah, I think that's how come uh, Kingsman was on there so quick. Mm. Well, yeah. Um, but, what was I going to say? Hey, this so, has got 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, no, people, it's, it's more than competent. It's, it's just, no, it's, no, certi- Zach, it's like, certified fresh. Well, they're, they're, the, the thing I knew was going to be in it, I was going to be like, there's going to be more spectacle than substance in this. Uh, but, and there's there they did do real hard on the spectacle stuff. I'll yeah. tell you that. And and I'm not someone who hates that stuff. I just wish it wasn't a major focus in a lot of the movies I tend to like nowadays. You know, it's like spectacle. You know, it's like yeah, okay. And when I say spectacle, I don't mean outrageous action scenes. I just mean really artistic shots that really invoke an image, like emotion. And there's several mm-hmm. of those in this because it's easy to do with Batman, but that's they do a lot of that to take away from their lack of. <sighs> when you see it, you might understand. It looks great. I'll just say that. It's, even even though I couldn't see most of it, I the stuff they really wanted you to see, you could see. In the, in the, in the and like I said, I, I will watch it. I uh, I wasn't too jacked to watch it. Um, you know, to I, I'll tell you something, with, right? So. I'll tell you something. Yeah. Something that occurred to me, and I was just like, well, I mean, so uh, the guy who played uh, Gordon, right? So like, I've seen him in a few things, and, and I like I like his style. Yes, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his name is. Like he was in Westworld. And... He's Think Tank and Venture Brothers. Excellent. <laughs> he's he's the he's like Modoc. He's a giant head with a cannon. So it's Think Tank. And uh, <laughs> well, my thing was is like you know because of how he was and how I've seen him in other stuff. You know, if they were gonna you know you know we'll just say it, race swap anybody, maybe they should have done the Riddler. I would have liked him as the Riddler. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And uh, not do the whole, like, whatever mask they did. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we're not even... Well, yeah, we'll give it a little more time. Like, once you've seen it, once it hits broadcast, we'll do... We can, like, when we got another uh, Forbidden... Or what was the uh, what was the last movie we did called? Uh, Afterlife, right? Phantom Empire. Phantom Empire. Oh, wait. When we have what? another Phantom Empire-level oh. movie, and you've seen oh. Batman, we can... Book yeah, we'll talk Batman about it. Talk on yeah, it. I was like, you know what? It was just occurring to me. It occurred to me about the, you know, during the part of the movie where the Riddler was doing 
more stuff. I was just like, you know, he, he would have been a better Riddler. Yeah. I think. He would have been a fun look at it eventually. Riddler. But no. They just put him as so, a Because mm, he's old? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know what we forgot to do with uh, Tales from the Dark Side just now? Well, we haven't, oh, we haven't. We haven't have, we, we haven't, haven't even paired no, it. We haven't paired it. Yeah, we haven't oh, oh. trimmed off the episode, though. No, we, oh, okay. Yeah, what are you doing? We, we, usually we just talk about other stuff at the end. <laughs> no, no, this, it just popped it's, up because I thought it'd be funny. Yeah. Oh, I okay. knew Arthur, Arthur was near uh, he arthur was more disappointed than i expected because i expected it to at least be yeah i expected more out of the riddler stuff and apparently so did arthur and she sure as fuck did not get that what a all right we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about yeah, it yeah it yeah, just, yeah 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 i it's hard yeah yeah it i understand i know <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, and the movie decided to piss me off at the end. And Arthur <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. I was just like, excuse me? Don't do this, you assholes. Oh, they're doing it. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, they are we'll, trolling we'll... for a sequel, Zach. Let me just tell you that. We'll, t- we'll of table course. it. Rolling we'll hard. It. We'll table it. Yeah, for... we'll you'll table it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just save it, folks. How much it will remind me. So, Brian, how'd this movie piss you off at the end? <laughs> I will ask. You'll know. <laughs> you, you won't have to ask. Ah, <laughs> uh, it is time for a lovely evening. You're going to show Tales from the Dark Side and pair it with something else. Zach, what's your double feature with this movie? Uh, I'm going to pair this with Campfire Tales from 1997. Uh, which are you watching first? I will watch uh, Tales from the Dark Side first, and then I will watch Campfire Tales. Give us a little uh, short sell on what Campfire Tales was. Uh, Campfire Tales is a bunch of teens um, kind of are just telling them. They're sitting around a campfire telling an anthology uh, ghost stories. Is it um, kind of, so are you afraid of the dark level, or is it more adult? More adult. But the cast in this movie is awesome. It is uh, James Marsden, Amy Smart, um, Christine Taylor's in it. Uh, the guy that played Mark Dude. from Roseanne. Um, I have not seen this movie. Glenn I Quinn haven't either. In it. But it's absolutely a horror from like the 90s. It's like it's got the same like the movie poster has the same style like the Scream. I know what you did last summer. It's okay. like where they get all the four people like in it going like. Looking around, you know, like it's you could tell when it yep. was produced. Yeah, when they when they started selling the actors, not the movie. Uh not only that, there was just like that style for the horror trailer yeah. or poster. Well, that's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. It's like you know, it's just hey, this is who's in it. Bop, 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 bop. But they all have to have like that same like framing of it. Speaking <gasps> of Christine Taylor, I put on the Brady Bunch movie for like 20 minutes the other night. Oh, I okay. forgot she was in there. Uh, nice. She's great. But, uh, no, this looks Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I yeah. uh, discovered it one night on HBO way back when I was in high school. <laughs> mm, so. Nice. Uh, Brian. You can go first. I'll let you take it. All right. Uh, I don't. I got backups. 
I, it just feels like rocking anthology all night. Um, I'll start out with the dark side and bring it to the hood. We'll go tales from the hood for the second half on here. Yeah, that was that was my other pick. Yeah, it's gonna be tales from the hood. Yes, Cuban B. <laughs> I I honestly it's just like there's one of the I, I remember like one like in one of them quite a bit one of them being a little off and one maybe an okay or something I can't remember how is there four tails in it but just I like I think there's just like this I think there's three tails and then the wraparound but yeah Clarence Williams is just the mm. man and like it's, it's any excuse to see his performance in there I'll take so there's a sequel to that, and I think it's starring Keith David. I've heard it's not as good, but I'd probably watch it sometime. Ouchie. No, obviously not, because it's not new. <laughs> You've never watched it. <laughs> yeah. Well, still. I mean, it. I didn't see Tales from the Hood until like two years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. No. I don't know. It's a good time. I'd, I'd watch it. Uh... Zach, Zach Brian. Camera's out. Yeah. Brian. Well, uh, my picks, I'm surprised that I didn't have to go with any of my backups. And I and I was I'm actually kind of torn between two of my picks. So mm. I'm just gonna go with the, the original thought, which is an easy thought. And I'm gonna pair this up with the Twilight Zone movie. First. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with Twilight Zone movie, and then we'll hit, end it with uh, Tales from the Dark Side. I was also thinking Trick or Treat. Yeah, I would. I so I, I need that to rewatch the Tales Halloween. I need to rewatch the Twilight Zone movie, and I know I like stuff in it. Trick or Treat might be my favorite anthology movie by a comfortable margin. I'd have to like check the other ones I've seen on like a list again or something. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm not even sure what falls, you know, like it's going to be one of those things. It's like, well, you also like blah, blah. Like, Oh yeah. I forgot about that. But like, you know, like sin city's great stuff like that. But like I trick or treat, that's what I'm talking about. Like with that, I felt like this was missing. And it's like, I love how trick or treat ties together. Yeah, it does. I think yeah. I, I was so <laughs> when I first saw trick or treat, um, it was like, I maybe I talked about this before. It was something that came out what like '08, when everything was like Saw movies and stuff like yeah. that. And I just was pissed at like all horror, like it wasn't for me. And so I didn't see Trick or Treat till like 2016, and it was one of those. Wow. Oh, I love this. You know, like uh, I I am sad that I waited so long to see this type of thing. Um, yeah, I had uh, I had uh, the Twilight Zone pick and then mm -hmm. i was like oh, i'm gonna need something else mm -hmm. and i was like trick treat yeah that's good call. Like, there's three of us so um mm -hmm. back up with the gargoyle i have right. a I, I have a movie pick for next time you do what is it um kind of inspired by conversations with my dad the other day and with sylvester stallone shooting a series in the state of oklahoma right now uh, but I want to go very early to his career, and you could watch it on Tubi. Uh, I would love for us to talk about some Death Race 2000. Okay. 
Roger Corman classic. And also, I don't know if the 2B one will be, you know, the full version or if they're cutting stuff. If you guys need a viewing copy, let me know. But it's on 2B with ads. Uh, you guys have both seen it, right? Nope. Nope. Really? Really? I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, my brother-in-law had a copy of it on VHS, and I saw it early 2000s in college, and it be- quickly jumped up near the top of my favorite like I wanna stuff. S- I want to see it. It's got Martin Cove in it. Which one's Martin Cove? He was uh, Crease in The Karate Kid. Like the leader of the Cobra Cat. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I, I can't think of who he was in Death Race 2000. So uh, Nero the Hero. Oh, no kidding. All right. That's awesome. I, great name. I, I very, oh, the, the racers in this show are <laughs> just fantastic. Um, but it's, you know, heavily weighted around David Carradine and Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> um, dude, I love this movie. I love this movie. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to shit all over it. I'm just playing. <laughs> I I don't think you'll be able to. It might. It, it probably won't be in your top three, but I think you're gonna have fun with it. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure I'll have fun with it. It's it's. I didn't realize this. You know, I know Corman produced most stuff. But I thought this one was actually one he directed. I didn't realize this is Paul Bartel. I've gone this long without realizing he directed it. Did you guys ever see Eating Raul? No, I've not eaten Raul. Oh, okay. Paul Bartel, uh, the usher that comes up to Hulk Hogan and asks him to stop the gremlins. That's yeah, I, that's, I was looking where I, <laughs> I just looked up who he was, and I was looking where I knew his face, and I just came across that. What's great about Paul Bartel, and this is probably like stealing conversation from next time, is uh, <laughs> him and Mary Warnoff would show up in other productions underneath that uh, the uh, Corman's production studio and stuff, like what Constantine and all that. And mm-hmm. so, like him and Mary are in Chopping Mall when they're debuting the robots there in the crowd and stuff. They'd show up as little like characters and other things. Paul Bartel uh, is great. So I did. Yeah, I didn't realize he directed this one. That's awesome. It fits his humor. <sighs> it's going to be fun. So, uh, anything else you guys been watching? Recommendations? Stuff like that? Oh, kind of hard to remember because I have been watching stuff. It's just, what have I been watching? It's hard to... It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, um... I already forget the name, but I watched that um, movie with uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth or whatever. That Thor. He was, uh, yeah, Thor. <laughs> uh, he was in um, yeah uh, he was in some movie where he is a a whaling boat first mate. Into the deep or something like that. Yeah, Thor something. two. Uh, it's like Heart of the Sea or something. Yeah, know. that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, watch that, and then watch some other stuff. You know, just old, older movies that you know. Well, I watched. Watch the Irishman again. Really? Yeah, it's there. I'll watch it. 
I mean, no, it's it's a good one. Um, have I talked about like watching that with my dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. So. <laughs> I watched Halloween Kills, mm-hmm. um, which is very solid. It's uh, fun, you know. Like, it's <laughs> you just take I, this little part and check it over here, and then like. Yeah, there was one part I was disappointed with in it, and uh, once Brian sees it, we can go over that. Um, and I watched uh, Arthur's favorite movie of all time, Starship Troopers. Uh, top five, RoboCop's my favorite. Oh, what was It's I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, yeah. This is but, well, saying, but there are two. There are two. Um, his name escapes me for the moment. Uh, in my top five, the director. Um, uh, Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven. There's two of his in my top five. So you're right. You're not wrong. Yeah. Just it's. Not I just. Me. I just know you really love Starship Troopers. Love it. Oh. Which I watched uh, Friday the Thirteenth. The Reboot, remake, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, that, that first uh, 15 minutes, man, it's just when he comes lunging out, the way he moves, like, right, that shot with him in the moonlight, the, like, the double step sideways thing, and as he's attacking, oh, love it. The opening of that movie is better than the rest of the movie. <laughs> rest of the movie needed a slight, like, 10 minute trim to clean it up a little, or 15, but I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's just. Yeah. Um, the other thing I watched in uh, speaking hold of Halloween on, kills, on. let me ask look, Brian, how was the rewatch? Like, still, like, I, I don't know it. how you feel. On I kind of got okay. So as I watch movies, particularly horror movies, especially newer ones, but you know some of the older ones do have this problem. I hate when they write people as extreme jackasses for no good reason. It's like I've I've rarely met people who are just this terrible. The blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. He was talking about uh, the kid from uh, Superstore that's in there that dies yeah. in the beginning. <laughs> just like Jonah took it like a champ. And 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 not only that. Check this out. So I'm gonna fine. Since you bring it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. So there's the scene where the brother of one of the ladies is missing, or the sister. The sister's missing, yeah. and he's looking for her. And he's trying to um, get a poster up in the store or whatever. And the blonde guy, I can't remember what it, whatever it was. But the blonde guy does start off being a bit of a jerk in that scene. Right? Then mm-hmm. the other guy returns jerkery. But, but because we know as the audience that he's actually doing something because his sister's missing... You know, we we're we're meant to side with him in the argument, but if you take that context out of it, he is being just as bad as a jerk to yes. him in return because he doesn't know that, and so he's just like, well, you should know that, so I'm gonna you know return. Jer-. Basically, they're like having a pissing contest of who could be the bigger jerk to one another. You're talking about yeah, when they're in the little store right yeah. before they go to the and, the, the, and that rich that the, the blonde guy's stops. house that yeah. never stops. Because then there's a moment where they run back into the house after she's been gone for hours. Uh, the, the, the girlfriend of the blonde guy was with the brother, and they were looking around, and they were gone for hours. And what's he... Like, they, 
they kind of get upset with the like she gets upset with the blonde guy not in a verbal way but she is vi- visibly upset because he bothered to sleep with another chick while she was gone for hours with a some guy like nobody in this movie has any moral high ground but they sure as hell pretend they have one right. it's like what the hell so this is that's a modern thing i'm just like no 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 but like when they're running in they're like oh everyone's got to listen to us there's a killer outside how are they to know that they haven't witnessed a single kill they haven't witnessed anything bad they just got to take your word for it mhm you know and so don't and then they act like they're being idiots and jerks for not believing them it's like well yeah. you're a stranger dude we met you a few hours ago and you ran off with one of our friends for hours. It, it's just one of those things which is like, that really drew me out of the movie. So I was just like, ugh. Yeah, that could have been, that could yeah. have been so much better. So that, that, that's the stuff I didn't like about it. And it was mostly character stuff. I think a lot of modern stuff, like television shows, even, even now, just have terrible character writing. They're just terrible at it. They're just god awful because they just project their own. Like they don't write characters. Well, I'm saying it. I got you. I, I'm on the same page with you. So what I was going to say to Brian and Arthur is, I uh, watched uh, after I watched Halloween Kills, I noticed who was one of the writers, and it's Danny McBride. So I had to go watch the new season of The Righteous Gemstones. I'm a big fan of Danny McBride. He's got some of the craziest sense of humor. And I have not watched any of season two yet. How how's it looking? Uh, I uh, binged it, and it's uh, very fun. Huh. It's it's a step back from Is season one. Yeah, it's all done. Nine episodes. Okay. It's a step back a little bit from season one, but you got that's, the addition of uh, Eric Andre. That's what we're calling a season fun. then. Well, it's a season for HBO yeah. between eight and 10 episodes typically. Yeah. That's not just for HBO now. Well, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of shows well, not overstating their welcome on a season. That's fine. But I'm just like, I think, um, it's a sign of, uh, cutbacks. Um, no, that's kind of how HBO has ran for a long time. And they, Zach, they... I'm not saying just HBO. Well, I know. I, I so <laughs> I think it's I think it's a sign of like I I actually don't think it's cutbacks because like Netflix would stretch shows to like nine episodes to like make the budget look better when stuff should have been six. I think it's more like the sign of like letting writing and pacing like be used right. correctly. I don't Guys, know. Have it your way. Be apologists. <laughs> Enjoy your crap. Not an apologist. <laughs> Enjoy your crap. I. It's not crap. <laughs> HBO has forever done the short Once seasons. again, Zach's trying to limit the conversation, and I'm making it a broad one. No, but I'm. T- you're saying that this is crap. HBO. I, no, I didn't say HBO, this was crap. Do not put words in no, my mouth, No, Zach. no, what Never I'm saying again. is. Please, stop it. What I'm saying is, is that HBO has always run the, yes, the short HBO seasons. Yes, HBO very well. Yes, and that's that's why if, that's, if this was on like a broadcast cable, I'd be very upset at a nine episode. Um, you know, I get what you're saying there, and it's Brian. I also understand that it seems like a lot of platforms are condensing, adopting that model. Yeah, and they're not really even uh, 
yeah, you wouldn't even call them seasons. They'd be more like mini series yeah, at this point. Yeah, I mean, we have yeah, good call, examples. Call it what it is. They, they're <laughs> usually numbered in about 20 to 24 episodes as a season. And that was based on a weekly running of a show. And uh, that's different now. So they should call I, it something different. I just disagree. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't know. I don't watch a lot of broadcast TV, so. Me neither. I don't know. I'm used to it from, like, Venture Brothers. and I don't know. Quality shows, man. Quality shows don't overstay their welcome per season. Um, you can still have crap in a shorter season, but. Yeah. Yeah, the last season of Game of Thrones. They're probably just laundering money. <laughs> Definitely. Especially if you watch a CW show. <laughs> so anytime CW... I see, this, see the CW or anybody talking uh, about when CW, I say just... when I say I'm not saying that CW is laundering the money. I'm saying no. the production no, no, company is robbing people who are willing to buy their stuff. And they are, they, I, I've got to say, there's some shady shit got to be going on because they're producing crap and selling it. It's like, my God. Well, I was going to say, CW could like benefit from shorter seasons. Like they do the full 22 on stuff and they're like, we could have said this in 12. No, I think <laughs> like, they've, got, they've, they've got some shorter stuff. Do they? I'm thinking of The Flash That's... where it's like, there's some of the seasons they could have done a lunch. I guess they did like the uh, the future one. Or what's the time travel group where they were like? Guys, I'm pretty stoked. Oh. I got my uh, 4K of Scott Pilgrim finally. Excellent. I, speaking of the time travel, I saw God. I uh, saw somebody who's way into Back to the Future on YouTube. It was like a random suggestion, you know, you know the random suggestions, and it was like. Here's my theory on Back to the Future. Doc is dead. Was the what? thing? Have I talked about that before? Where every fan theory is just like, oh, they're dead the whole time. Oh, just, oh well, like, congratulations. This is another one of those. Geez. And and <laughs> the entire trilogy. Oh yeah, check this out. His, his his this guy's thought of the entire trilogy was it was all in Marty's head. The whole thing. Ugh. And it's Ooh. all like an allegorical thing of Marty trying to uh, come to grips that uh, Doc was just shot in front of him. Those are the laziest. They are incredibly lazy. That's that's the uh, future we're living with and why we're getting so much crap is this deconstructionist attitude needs to fucking stop. Oh, that's two Fs. Two F-bombs. <laughs> we got our R. We got Tag our R. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um... I, you you mentioned Back to the Future. This is going on a completely different topic of something that I've seen. Have y'all watched the Adam Project? Not yet. It's Parents a little like new, it. so it's you know, very. I uh, they have a uh, ad of it with Christopher Lloyd. I I was about to bring it. that up. It's great yeah. about daylight savings <laughs> time. Yeah, daylight savings time is fucking stupid. <laughs> That's three. We're moving That's up. That's three. Our We're moving on up. <laughs> yep. I. Know all about time. <laughs> I am 83 years old. To me, years pass by like minutes. It's 
pretty great. Mm-hmm. The movie's yeah. okay, but <laughs> the commercial's yeah. pretty pretty good. I like that quote. Yeah. The... I don't know if you'd watch it because it's a Netflix movie, Arthur. Um, I like like that Ryan Reynolds, like that Mark Ruffalo, and you know, folks saw it, so I'll give it a watch. Was was it? Did you talk about how was it your parents that just discovered Ryan Reynolds? They just discovered Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> so it's like this is the second movie now for like Netflix is their hookup on Ryan Reynolds stuff. Uh, it's cracking up. They're like, he's good. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you talk about it on this show or did you talk about that on useless knowledge i think it was this one I think oh, okay yeah. it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's been it's been fun they're like yeah he's funny it's like oh that speaking around reynolds i uh watched uh ted ted the teddy bear one yeah yeah okay i haven't seen that in a while wait ryan reynolds is he in that yes he is the boyfriend oh. of the dude that he was the guy that uh, I forget his name. You, you know, uh, Brock Sampson voice um, actor. Patrick Warburton. Yes. He, um, sorry. Um, I for, You're fine. I'm terrible with names, but he, he, he paid some guy. He black, he got blackout drunk and paid some guy to beat him up. Mm hmm. You know, and they're just going, I might be gay, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, he was, Ryan Reynolds is the guy he paid to beat him up. And they showed up at the party that had Flash at it. Hmm. I've not seen that in so long. He was, he was his date. All I really remember is Thunder Buddies and <laughs> the Flash Gordon stuff. <laughs> that was, you know, he was around the, he was, he was orbiting the, Flash Gordon stuff. Gotcha. And then the boyfriend in the sequel is Worf. <laughs> I think it's Worf. <laughs> just, <laughs> that just reminds me of the uh, South Park where Carmen's got Michael Dorn as part of his, uh, like, he's holding, like, the veal cows hostage. Yeah, I remember <laughs> he's, that. He gets Michael Dorn, like, as one of the things. And he's got Michael Dorn driving the getaway truck, and he's like, full speed, Mr. Warp. He's like, I'm Michael Dorn. Mm. Warp. You're in my bowels here, Mike. You're in my bowels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, people not knowing who people are, uh, that, I, was, I think it was last week, one of the guys that I'm now working with, Master Control, didn't know who Dolph Lundgren was. <laughs> And I was what? like, who, what the heck? How and this, is that he was possible? not a young dude. He was he was older than I was. But did he know I who am. it was once you described like some things you might have seen him in? Or well, I wasn't having didn't... the conversation. I was running the board okay. and I happened to hear them talking about Dolph Lundgren and he was describing one of the other guys was describing Dolph Lundgren to him. And I was like, I was like, does someone not know who that is? And I just had to turn around. Right. He's like, Yeah, I just I mean, you've seen Rocky, right? It was Rocky Four, right? Yeah, I was okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Dolph Lundgren's not in Rocky. Well, I was like, it was Rocky yeah. Four, and, and yeah. he was like, no, I hadn't. He hadn't seen that. I was like, what? That's wild. Has he seen Masters of the Universe? Obviously not. Yeah, uh, he caught a break there. 
an okay movie until what I describe as a I described once uh, Masters of the Universe as it, everything's fine until they run out of money right at the end for the final fight between Skeletor and He-Man and they go to that strobe backlit fight that's real crappy and I said it's like they had you're watching the movie and you got your mouth open as a kid and you're like oh this is awesome and then a wall of liquid shit heads <clears throat> out of the TV and some of it gets in your mouth that is what happens at the end of that movie. I just thought they ran out of money in the third scene. Well, I, 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 was, I, I described <laughs> it as, oh, look, this is the point where they ran out of money. Because <laughs> there's no, there's no, it's just the two of them fighting in darkness and some strobe backlights. Well, to, to be fair, it was ill-fated to take them and bring them to modern day, <laughs> you know, I enjoyed America. the rest of the movie. I thought it was okay. It, I mean, I I know I I tear stuff up sometimes because it's not perfect, you know, off the dollar menu. But like, I uh, I don't expect everything to be perfect. And in that movie, I'm just like, that's kind of it's a it's kind of a throwaway, and it's way better than I would expect anything equivalent nowadays. It it was more respectful. Remember these? This is back when the kids' movies were more respectful to the kids. Uh, and you, you understand what I'm saying, Zach? No, I don't watch kids' movies very often. Oh. You've never watched any with your nieces and nephews? It's been a while. Like I watched Shrek. When when was that? Like twenty years ago, fifteen years yeah, ago? Yeah, and I know like that. that Arthur loved Shrek because of all the fart jokes. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Here's what I'll say. I'll say something nice about Shrek. <laughs> The killer clowns from outer space haunted house was in the Shrek the Ride area at Universal. You don't like Shrek? No, nah, there was a couple parts I liked. I liked the little wrestling scene and something else, and the, the it's, little it's, uh, fun. it's a the fun cookie kids guy. Movie. But it was eh. it's a fun kids movie. That's what, you know. Oh, it's it's fun. It just. It's, it wasn't for me. You know, yeah. Well, if we ever. Well, I mean, you show, obviously we'll weren't the target audience. Yeah. That's that's why I'm not saying like it it sucks and you should hate yourself. Like it was fine. No. Yeah. It's just it's not my kind of movie. You know. Gotcha. It. It. it not in quality, Zach, but in in in. In Personal the taste? idea of it. Um. Yeah. Just taste. Yeah. Like I would I would put yeah. uh, Masters of the Universe up there with. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not in how great it was. Don't give me that look. I mean, in actually respecting the source material and the audience. Hmm. You understand uh, what I'm Turtles saying? Turtles movie is way more close to the source material than Masters. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. Okay. I'm not. I'm saying that I put it up there with it. Okay. With Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that we were the target audience for Ninja Turtles, right? Yes. But a, an adult could go see that movie and enjoy themselves without thinking that the jokes are stupid. Yes. Okay. Because it respected the audience. Like it 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 respected kids enough to like we we've talked about this with 
the differences between how children's shows are now versus how they used to be. They, like there were a lot of cheap, like children's shows <laughs> that were just pandering to make sure that we bought toys. Right. I'm not going to doubt that. But as well as that, they had to make it at least enjoyable. And they were just like, we're not going to treat kids like idiots and dummies. Not all. But of so them. I, I, I hate that some. they caved to the parents on Turtles too. Yeah. Well, I don't like that they use their weapons. Can you have them not use their weapons? It's like, let's every fight scene find the sausages or the trains or the whatever we need to fight with then. Like, the Turtles 2 thing, once, you, once you're older and, you, you, like, someone points it out, you're like, my goodness, what did you do? Like, what? That's yeah. the silliest thing ever to me. But we, we got the gem of Turtles 1. That's whole that's Yeah. And we'll talk about that at some point. So, definitely. Uh, what do you think? Wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. I think we've uh, stretched way longer than we should have. <laughs> Gone on for some rants. Nice organic conversation, though. Yeah, yeah. We haven't mm -hmm. we hadn't talked in a minute. I'll I'll I'll, I'll yeah. That's a good way. That's that's we had yeah. We met up for our dark side chat instead mm -hmm. of fireside. <laughs> Dude, Death Race 2000 next. I'm excited, and I, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of, I kind of have a feeling where this will probably rank, but I, mm -hmm. I, I am glad you guys will finally have seen it. Okay, little um, experiment. All right, little experiment. So you've seen the movie. Zach and I have not seen the movie. Mm -hmm. I want you to predict something about Zach and I's take separately about what we're maybe. There's something we're going to like about the movie. You can be vague, or something we're not going to like about the movie. You, you pick something for one of each of us. Okay, I'm writing yours down because I already know it. Okay. Um, wow. I knew. I knew it, Zach. I knew you'd add something. Is mine right, positive or guess. negative? Oh, they're both positives. I, okay. Um, I I just think it's. Fun. Did you ever last 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 second thought? Um, did Mark ever get you to watch, or did you ever watch? Uh, uh, what was the Jack Black series that they just did the pilot for, um, where Sunlight made him the world's smartest man? Um, no. Heat Vision and Jack. <laughs> There's a reference to Death Race 2000 in the introduction of that show, so I was just okay curious. Then. This is fun. In fact, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Ooh, check up YouTube. There's okay, so we'll end it on this. Oh, Zach, Zach is unimpressed. There's two pilots from the '90s. These guys that, ever shut up? I wouldn't say that. There's two pilots uh, from the '90s That's <laughs> that have leaked out, and there's bad copies of them on YouTube that you uh -huh. should watch. One is. I think it's I think it's just called Look Well. Uh, I'll have to double check. It's uh, Adam West as a out of work actor who used to play a detective, and he you, uses you broke his... this one down for us before. Have I? Yeah. Yeah. So that one's great and absolutely worth a watch. And then Heat Vision and Jack, Ben Stiller wrote and produced it. It's Jack Black as a NASA NASA astronaut. As a NASA astronaut who got too close to the sun and now in sunlight 
his brain supercharges and Owen Wilson voices his motorcycle, who was his former deadbeat roommate whose body got merged with the motorcycle. And they're on the run from the actor Ron Silver from Time Cop, who was like ahead at NASA, but he's playing himself. <laughs> oh man. It, okay, the no. fact that they didn't make six episodes and then cancel it, you know, like like it would have. But I just wish there was more. <laughs> he Vision and Jack is a blast. Uh, okay. And Mark was the one who turned me on to it. Huh. So. Anyway. All right. Good, uh, good chat. Thanks for uh, swinging by. Brian, take us home. What do you want? Like some sort of thing you shouldn't do i don't even know oh oh easy easy i, I have one i got it I got it. I got it i got it i got it i was about to, i was about to drop the whole ball here but i i got it before it hit the ground so we can go in for the touchdown like man folks if uh you are ever in an alleyway and you see someone get torn to pieces by Whatever it is, and if it's a winged, demonic-looking creature, and it, it has the kindness, or maybe it's just being lazy that day. Who knows? And it gives you an out, and it says, "Hey, if you don't tell anybody you saw me, what I look like, I'm not going to kill you." And you say yes. First of all, that is a contract. That's a covenant you've just struck, and that means. That's big deal. It's big deal in the supernatural realm that you don't you don't break that stuff. That stuff has power. You gotta you gotta watch that stuff. Maybe you should take that seriously, especially if you're an artist and you're foolish enough to draw it, uh, make a sculptor of it, you know, sculpt it, and then decide to. And I understand. You got the love of your life. You got kids. And you wanna you wanna share with your wife or your husband or whatever. That's still breaking the promise, breaking the covenant, folks. Just if you make a promise to a what you could assume to be an evil creature, just keep it, or don't make the promise at all.